I wanted to talk to you tonight for the for the time that we have together um, about first fruit. And in particular tonight, um, I want to talk about first fruit in a way that it's almost like a rehearsal for you. I want you to talk back to me a little bit. I want to know what we know. And the only way to know what we know is that we can we should. Um, I need to hear from you. I need to hear what you know, what you think about first fruit. Uh, that it's not just something that we're just throwing in a basket or whatever, but it's something that we really believe in and we take an advantage of it. <clears throat> that poverty is a man-made idea, that heaven is a real place. It's a real place. It's a real place. It's a real kingdom. And uh, Jesus is king of that place. Jesus is king of that place. And there have been processes put in place for all of us to live wealthy. Definitions of wealthy, uh, I think I have like 25 things that belong in that, um, um, in that definition of wealthy. Wealthy is not rich, but rich is part of being wealthy. Rich is part of being wealthy. But good evening, pastors. Uh, it's good to see. Uh, uh, part, rich is part of being wealthy, but the major things that are involved in wealth is health, health, peace of mind. Peace of mind. You're um, you're in uh, the best way to say it is you're fulfilled in what you do. You're living a fulfilled life. You're with you're with people you love. You're doing what you love and what you're doing also rewards you in a way that you feel that life is worth it. That's that's wealth. So health and then money. <laughs> you know, you need all that you need. You need health. You need money. There are a lot of people who are rich but aren't healthy or don't have peace in their homes. Uh, I wish I just for a few seconds wish I was a dog five years ago when the lady left a billion dollars to her pet dog. It's like for real. That's what we're doing. But that a cat, 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 cat. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So guess who's living well? The person she put in charge of the cat. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so let me do this and then I'm got, I got questions for you. And my question is going to be, my question is going to be, we're talking about the power of first fruit. My question is going to be to you. What are some stories that you have read that we have talked about where you see the power in giving first fruit, the power of it that someone did? They gave the first fruit and something happened. It brought power in their life to accomplish something. So I'm going to be asking you. All right. Let's go to Deuteronomy. No, let's go to our. Um, let's go to Numbers eighteen. Y'all doing good? Yes. Sir. Good, good, good. Numbers eighteen. Fifteenth uh, verse. Here, here's some of the origin to first fruit and. Um, uh, and I'm not certain of the date. Maybe I can give it to you Sunday. But here in just the, here in just the next two or three weeks, our, our beautiful Jewish brothers and sisters will be preparing for their first fruit offering. And they will be walking. They will be walking or driving to the synagogue and they will be bringing their first fruit offering. Um, a neighbor said something to me. We lived in a neighborhood. Well, if you if you have a chance to live in a neighborhood close to a Jewish synagogue, you'll see them walking. They'll be walking on Saturday on first fruit. They'll be walking, some of them, with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff, gold and whatever. The police department's all over the place because they are bringing 
their first fruit offering to the synagogue. So uh, I was asking one of my neighbor's friends as he was walking, my neighbors, as he was walking to the synagogue, I was more in the grass, you know, but they're going to church. So when I saw him, I'm like, what are you doing? So he was giving me the story. And, uh, and he said these words to me. He said, this is, this is how we Jewish people rule your world. And I was mad at him for being that bold and uh, I felt insulted. I felt insulted. So I kept walking. When you get insulted by something, just keep walking till you get understanding. So <laughs> I kept, I'm, I'm honest though, I kept walking with him and he helped me understand the power of the first fruit offering. Why they lead every industry in our country. Every industry you can think of, they're either in the positions of leading it or they're in power over the people who lead it. He said, we do that with this offering. That's how they do it. So in, in Numbers 18 and 15, y'all okay? Let's talk about some of the, uh, the origination of this offering. Everything, everything that first opens the womb of all flesh, which they bring to the Lord, whether man or beast, shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn, the firstborn of man, you shall surely redeem. So don't bring your children. We don't sacrifice children. <laughs> we don't sacrifice children. We don't sacrifice children, right? The firstborn principle is true, but we don't sacrifice children. Is that clear? Okay, so you redeem, you redeem your children. Nevertheless, firstborn of man, you shall surely redeem, and the firstborn of every unclean animal. Don't bring me anything unclean either. You know, don't bring me a pig and say it's a sacrifice. Okay, but the firstborn of a cow, he starts listing sheep, he starts listing clean animals. He says, those belong to me. So God says, God says you can have everything else. You can have a million cows if you want, but that first one that breaks the womb, bring it to me. Bring it to me, give it to me, and give it to the priests, all right? So the, orig the, the origination of first fruit is that it's an acknowledgement that whatever I get first, I didn't do it myself. Amen. That God did it. And he's not asking for all of it. He's just asking for some of it, just recognizing him. He doesn't believe you can get an education and now make some money. He doesn't believe that you made the money when you sold the house for more than it was worth. God believes he brought emphasis on the neighborhood you were in, drove it up, drove the prices up. I'm telling you this because this is how I sold all my houses. Every house. Every house, I would give a first fruit and I'd go into my neighborhood and I would ask the real estate agent, What's my house worth? And typically, they matched it to what everything else was sold for. And then I said, well, I'm a first fruiter. So we're going to break the record in this here neighborhood. Well, you, you probably won't. That's not how things work. I said, look here. I am a first fruiter. That's who you're talking to right now. And every sale of every house, we set the limits before we left. And all the neighbors were like, thank you. When we're moving out, they shake your hand. Thank you. How do you know? They all check. When you got a house for sale, they all know what you sold it for. So driving everybody's prices up. Yeah. Yeah. Say it. Everywhere I go, I'm a blessing. 
Yeah. Everywhere you go, you, you are a blessing. You, you never leave anything depleted. Never, ever, ever. Everywhere you go, it's better when you leave. Even people who don't like you are better when they leave you. That's your life. Is that all right? Okay. Uh, Leviticus 27. You got your stories together now? Now, don't, don't make me feel bad tonight. Don't make me feel like a horrible teacher. I've been teaching this for a long time. So when I get ready to talk to you and ask you questions about what you know, don't look at me, right? Be ready to say something. Yeah. No? Y'all don't want to go. Okay. Okay. Leviticus 27, 28. Leviticus 27, 28. You got it? Let's read it together. Nevertheless, no devoted offering that a man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man and beast, or the field of his possession, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. Every devoted offering. What's the devoted offering? The first. The first is devoted. It's his. It's his. It's devoted to him. He says, so don't sell it. What's the next verse say? It could get even more interesting. No person under the ban who may become doomed to destruction among men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. You can't, you can't give something to God that is already doomed. Next verse. Okay. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to him. Next verse. And if a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one fifth to it. God ain't playing. Let me tell you something now. God is a bean counter. He is an accountant. He is an accountant. He doesn't say tithe doesn't mean 10. Tithe doesn't just mean 10%. It means the 10th. It means the 10th. It means the first 10th. And he knows, he knows, okay, Jesus stood by the offering plate. That's how we knew the lady gave her last. He watched. He is still watching. And Every tithe, every seed, every first fruit you have ever given is sitting in power mode to activate in your life. All of it is. All right. I don't know if it's in the next verse or not, but there is a verse that says, if you refuse to redeem it, let's go to the next one. If you refuse to redeem it, he says, break its neck. Let's go to the next verse. He shall not require whether to do the better. Go ahead. Maybe one of you can look it up. These are the commandments of the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel. There is a scripture that says if you decide, if you decide you're not going to give it to God. He says, don't eat it. Don't use it. Don't give it to a friend. He said, if you decide you don't want to give it, then break its neck. Throw it away. It's, it's worse if you use it for yourself. Am I, am I going to have to look that up? Exodus 34.20. Thank you all for saving me there. Exodus 34.20. Thank you so much, Miss Jordan. 
We'll put that up so we can read it together. In other words, he's saying, I'm, I'm not ruling over you. I'm not going to make you do something you don't want to do. That's not a relationship. That is, that's something else. What would you call that if God made you do it? You know, that's, that's not good. He says, I can't make you do it. It's your choice. But if you choose, okay, here it goes. But the firstborn of a donkey shall be redeemed with a lamb. Don't give me no donkeys. I ain't trying, I want no asses. And if you, and if you will not redeem him, then you shall break his neck. If you, if you don't want to give it to me, that's up to you. But it's worse on you if you use the donkey for yourself. Just don't do that. Don't do that. And a lot of our financial situation is not because God is not good. It is that he has a principle he won't break. And he's not going to break it for me or you just because of Jesus. Jesus and the grace of Jesus. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm just going to tell you now. Grace gets you saved. Grace forgives your sins. But grace will never make you rich. You're going to have to follow the principles. That right there is good. Okay. You, you with me now? So Deuteronomy 8.1. Deuteronomy 8.1. Y'all ready yet? Last part of what verse? What did it say? And none shall appear before me oh, empty-handed. Empty yep. Don't appear before me empty-handed. All right. Deuteronomy. What I say? Eight one. No, I want to go to eighteen one. Thank you. Deuteronomy eighteen one. So we understand this principle. Okay. The priests, the Levites. All the tribes, all the tribe of Levi shall have no part, no inheritance with Israel. They shall, this is going to be good if you can open your heart to what I'm getting ready to say after I read this to you. Okay. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire. It's God's portion. But because God doesn't have a mouth. He says, bring the first fruit to the priest. Bring the first fruit to the priest. God doesn't have a mouth. They get to manage the first fruit. However, the priests never got land. They didn't get land. They didn't get property. When Joshua was conquering everything, the priests never got. Their job was to stay in the temple and operate in the patterns of the Lord. Here's, here's the number one mistake I hear preachers telling people they keep telling people how they become wealthy. But the system for the priest doesn't work for you. The, the priests, the priests have no land. So God places an anointing on your pastor. That's not necessarily on you. And when I try to use the way God called you to be blessed, for me to be blessed, it doesn't work. And when you try to use me as your pattern 
to be blessed, it won't work for you either. I do first fruit. Been first fruiting for a long time. Since I was a little boy. Right? But that works for me because it opens different doors for me. I get blessings from the Lord that you don't get in that way because I'm in this position. That's just the way it is. Your system is when you bring the tithe and offering and put it in my hands. You put it in my hands. I lift it up to the Lord and wave it before him. We put that away in, in our offering, in our financial system. And now you can walk on in your life everywhere you go and you can demand and expect the blessing. But you can never look at a minister and expect to get it how they get it. Because they have, they don't, they don't get land like you do. Totally different system. And uh, I won't go any more into that. Is that all right? So you want to seek the kingdom. You want to seek the kingdom and how it will work for you. As a man of God, a woman of God, you got a business. You got a business and out of that business, you're going to first fruit and have expectation. You have a salary in places that you work. And because the priests don't know, the priests only get to eat by what you bring in. So a salary for a guy like me, a salary for a guy like me can be up and down over the years. So early on, I said, you know what? This is not going to work for me. This is not going to work for me. I cannot depend on people. I cannot depend on the offering. I can't take the tithe. It's unbiblical for me to do that. I've got to figure out what kind of system God put in place for me, a man of God. So I had to find that system and start working that system. There was no insurance here at this church. There was not, none of that stuff. Man, I had to figure that out. If there was going to be wealth, I had to figure that thing out. I had a fine wife and a big fat baby boy at home. <laughs> that was eating up everything. <laughs> I mean, serious. Y'all don't. How many of y'all remember Josh? Jumbo baby. I mean, he was boy consuming everything. Big eyes glowing at night when he was hungry. <laughs> so we had to figure this out. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of having a dream to be wealthy. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of wanting to be able to do what I want to do for myself, my family. I'm not ashamed of being able to give thousands, tens of thousands to the house of God. I'm not bothered by it at all. So when people try to embarrass me, I just let them make fools of themselves. Well, you want to be rich. Yeah, dummy. I mean, who wants to be poor? I mean, what, who, who is that? Well, the Bible said, what Bible? Be careful now. Now, talk to me about the legislator, about government, and about other stuff. Now, you bring up the Bible now. You better be sure you talk about what you talk about. Well, Jesus was poor. Now, how you, okay, let's take out the Bible. Show me in here where he was poor. Well, I can't find it. Well, let me show you in here in five places where it says he was rich. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you better get the Bible right now. We're going to talk about the Bible. We ain't talking about no Bible stories. We're talking about the book. It's, it's amazing when, when, when a Dr. Monroe can call you and say, you know what, we're $20,000 short on this plane. This plane is sitting over there. It's getting fixed. We need $20,000, and it's just for a couple of tires. And we don't have the money. Dad, it'll be there with you in the morning. We'll transfer it. Don't have to go to no board. Our board would let us now. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. 
our board would have said, fine. They would have voted on it, and they would have paid for the tires. Didn't have to go to no board. Bless his name. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on, y'all. I mean, come Come on now, come on now, you, you, come on now, come on, come on. You, 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 you're going you're gonna to get to this place where you're going to stop trading your hours for money. Stop trading your minutes for pay. Stop asking for time off. Stop, stop, stop putting in a few hours for so much money. You're going to get to that place where you can just go and do what God tells you to do all the time. That is the plan of the Lord. That, that is his plan for me and you. That when you are tired and your wife is tired and your children are tired, you say, look, we waking up in the morning and we leaving. We are going to the beach somewhere and we're going to go sit down. Don't bring no phones, no social media. Don't be talking to nobody. Poor people do that stuff. Poor people on the thing talk about we on a cruise. Listen, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> people who don't want to people people who got money and don't want to be no bothered they ain't on no cheap okay I'm sorry they is on an island somewhere they only got Wi-Fi so they can listen to affirmations listen to the Bible and their favorite stuff they ain't checking no YouTube they ain't doing none of that sir. they are resting and enjoying themselves they are sleeping they are eating they are loving one another they are exploring they are doing things that they enjoy you, and you need to be in the place where you need to be in the guy put it the best way I've heard in a long time you need to be kingdom rich yes. self rich yes. and others rich yes. you scare people when they come to our church <laughs> They asked me, said, is the hut man here tonight? <laughs> okay, so uh, 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 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. <laughs> it is the will of the Lord, folks. It is the will of the Lord. It is the will of the Lord. It is the will of the Lord. Shebro, it is the will of the Lord. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to take a walk. I'm, I'm cold, I got my hat on, and I'm trying to take a walk. The sun's getting ready to go down. I know I got about 45 minutes because I don't like to walk in the cold. Sun's getting ready to go down. I walk out to the end of my driveway. There's a couple on the other side of the sidewalk say, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Say, hold on just a minute. I said, I said oh. What's your name? My name's Martin. How long have you lived here? A few years. We just moved in five years ago. I said, that's great. It's great to meet you. And the guy starts talking to me and the Holy Spirit says, listen, you're getting ready to miss something. He is the chief of eye surgery at one of the biggest hospitals in town. And he starts talking to me about what he loves out of the blue. He says, I get on a plane and I fly to countries. And I do eye surgery on kids who can't afford it. He said, all over the world. And he started, his face lit up. Then he asked me, he says, what do you do? 
And I'm like, I need to make up something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I need to meet him. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't lie because I figured he would, he would figure it out. He says, um, are you doing what you love? No, no. Can you afford to do what you love? And I says, fortunately, I get to do what I love every day. It's fortunate for me. But there's an extension of that. And he said, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to do this anymore. You can do, you, 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 can do, you can do whatever you're dreaming about doing, and you should do it now. You should do it now. And so I'm challenged. I'm discussing everything with him. I'm saying, wow, it's great. This guy's like really brilliant. He's of Korean descent. So is his wife. Super smart. He says, why don't we go golfing on Saturday? I said, uh-uh, I don't golf in the cold or in the rain. Fred and go. No, it's got to be sunny, middle of the day, hot, and I need some sweet tea. He's laughing. He says, you're interesting. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Then he says, we need to have dinner. I said, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll have dinner with you and your wife. I want to I wanna get more of that doing what you love. Yes. Doing what you love. He says, you, the only way to live a long time is to do what you love. And here's what happens in most of our minds. Doing what I love, how am I going to pay for that? <laughs> what is the, where does the money come from? To allow me to do what I love. First fruit. First fruit. Okay, one scripture. Thank you so much. First uh, uh, Corinthians 15. So this is what we got to get to. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become what? <clears throat> He's the first fruits of those who have. So he's the first fruit of the dead. Next verse. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. So he's first fruit. This explains it. Man, right? Go, go, go back to the other verse, uh, 21. Thank you. Okay. Since by man. Not capitalized, right? right. So, so since by Adam or man came death, but by man, capital M, which is deity, yeah. also came. See it? Next verse. Okay. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ. So now go back to the, go back to the 20th verse. You see it now? So, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become first fruit. So this is what, this is what the principle is. I gave you a lot of Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus. Here's the New Testament in the kingdom. Jesus is the first fruit of God that we celebrate on what we call Easter. Easter is first fruit Sunday or Sabbath. Where God comes before himself with his first and only begotten son, according to the rules he put in place, he gives his firstborn son 
And now he can get all of us. So for one firstborn son, God can now have the right to go after every single human being that is born. When you give your first fruit, you can now go after legally everything you desire, every, I mean, every penny. I mean, you go to God for first fruit. Now you can, now you can live healthy. You can be healed from any sickness or disease. Because Jesus as the first fruit allowed God to have you. Your first fruit allows you to have anything else you want. Everything. Last one and then I'm coming to you. Uh, uh, Romans eleven sixteen. And here's the principle. We have it in Jesus. Now, now Paul will talk about it also. Let's read it together. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so when I give my first fruit, when I give my first fruit, and that's between me and God, what I give. Any preacher, any person that's telling you how much you need to give is not biblical. This is your personal relationship with God. Yours. Built on what you believe you want to, or that's part of your dream and desire. Or God has something for you and he asks for something in particular. But at the end of the day, it's between you and your relationship with God. Here we go. So give me some stories in the scripture that prove that there's power in first fruit. Anybody. And once you give me one, I'll, I'll say it back so people can hear it. Anybody. Yes. Stand up, please. When Samuel was born. Talk to me. Five more children. Hannah could not have children. No kids. Womb shut up. She gets a revelation in the temple with Eli. And she says, if you give me a son, I'll bring him back to you. At eight years old, she brings Samuel to the temple. Leaves him. She ends up with five more children. Plus Samuel becomes the prophet that saves Israel's behind. <laughs> Ladies, you give birth to some amazing children. <laughs> right? Okay, give me another one. Abraham, what about it? Well, God asked him to give his only son. Right. And that just showed God that somebody had his mind. Yes. God asked for Isaac. And Abraham gave his only son. And then God said to Abraham, don't kill him, for now I know. Now I know you believe in my principle." Which gave God permission to give his only son. This is the scripture. So that's, that's the power in first fruit. Another one. Who? Who's Aaron? Joshua. Help your man, Ellen. Help him now. <laughs> Joshua in Jericho. Tell me about it. 
Did she say stand up, sweetheart? <laughs> Nothing like them, baby. Nothing like them. <laughs> okay. He went across and captured Jericho. Right. Walked around and captured it. And but one person didn't give up everything. Right. Aiken. They found it in Achan's tent, and they killed Achan, <laughs> and everything he had. Right? What does the Bible say? Do you know? This is, this is Joshua 7. Joshua 6, Joshua 7. What are the four things that the Bible said that when, they, <clears throat> when Achan took it? There was a curse upon him. He would not be able to stand before his enemies. You wouldn't be able to stand before the nation. God would put you on his list to destroy. And you'd become doomed for destruction is actually how it's written. So these are the things that happened to Achan and the children of Israel. So they had to get that sin out. Man, God be killing people? I don't know. Metaphorically, however you need to look at it. Uh, you, you, he had to get that sin out. So we got Achan. We got AI. What happened once they did, dealt with Achan? Everything's copacetic. They can now go into AI. They can take that entire country. And God says these words. And now you can take all the spoils for yourself. Because you have given me Jericho. That's the power in your first fruit. You got one? When Jesus was tired, he was going to the Sea of Galilee and he looked up and he saw this crowds of people, and that's the story of the little boy. Oh, okay. With yep. the two fish and the five loaves. Right. And they were looking, and I guess they brought it to Jesus. Yes. Jesus asked, and the little boy had his first meal of the day. Well, mama gave him a whatever. He brings his first meal of the day to Jesus. And it, and it is said that there were 12 baskets left over. And the boy got to take them home. Because he gave his first. So if I give my first, it's always multiplied. If I have the faith to look for multiplication. Okay, got one? Yeah, the woman who prepared the, the cake first. Get up and leave this creek. Get up and leave this creek, for I have provided a woman in Zarephath to feed you. To feed you. The prophet's like, I'm not hungry. He was overweight by then. He didn't need any food. But God sent him there for her. She's putting together the sticks for her and her son to die, have nothing. He said, that's wonderful. But give, it, give this to me first. Give me a first fruit out of what you have left. And then the oil and everything multiplied for her. That's the power in first fruit. Yes. Uh, Sister Gloria in her own house. Sister Gloria in her own house. In our own house. In our own house. Introduced the first fruit. Absolutely. Yep. Amen. Yep. A first fruit was given to me by Gloria, my ignorant self, 
And I'm like, I don't, I was ignorant. I didn't know nothing about first fruit at the time. She's trying to give me first fruit. I'm like, no, I don't take money. Mm-mm, y'all ain't gonna accuse me of stealing nothing around here. That's not getting ready to happen. I brought an elder over. I said, listen, she's trying to give me something. Put it in the plate. Put it in the plate. Do what you have because I don't want any issues. She followed me. She says, Pastor Martin, you have to take this. And then she said, you have to eat it. And I'm like, you know, mm, not sure about this. So I went and read about the principle. So I took that money and I went and ate, literally. And as I was eating, I was praying for her and her granddaughter. God is a deliverer. I just think I just think God is. I, I mean, I know this is beneath him, and it's, I just think he's a hero. I think he I think he shows off. I think he I think he shows off and pisses people off. I think he I just think he's bad and just kind of ignores systems and. It, I, I just think he just like, oh, I'm going to bless you even if no one likes you, even if it doesn't make any sense. I just think God loves to spit in the so-called devil's eye. I just think God loves to rescue. I think he has a cape on. I, I mean, I just think he's like, let me, let me just do this for you. <laughs> let, let me just do this for you. Let me just do this for you. Let me just do this for you. Let me, let me, let me just do it. Let me just do it. I, I really believe that, folks. I just, I just really believe that right now we're sitting at the precipice of something extraordinary for you. Where God just wants to, he just wants to do it. At your dark, darkest hour, during the time that you're really wondering, does God even care about this particular thing? I just believe that God just wants to just do it for you. And I, and I, and I think he wants to do it in such a way that everyone knows that it couldn't have been you and it couldn't have been anyone else. Where, where, where he just gets the glory for it. There's, a, there's about seven of you in, it, in its particular. You have been thinking. You have been thinking this phrase or a phrase like it. And the phrase has been, I'm tired of trading my time for money. Who is that? I'm tired of trading my time for money. I'm tired of having, I have to touch it to make money. I have to touch a person or touch a piece of wood or touch a, touch a, 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 a coffee that I, I have to use my hands. And if I don't use my hands, I don't make any money. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that God wants you free from that. That even if you're using your hands, he blesses the works of your hands. That it's not a trading of using your energy for a certain amount per hour or per job. 
Jesus. Okay. Anybody else? Y'all all right with me tonight? Yeah. Is it too much? No. Sorry, I'm pretty serious about it. You got another one, babe? My, my, oh, I'm sorry. Tell us about it. So God, God says, God says to him, uh, what is wrong with you? Why is your countenance down? If you would just do what he did, if you would do what he did, I would bless you too. And in the New Testament, in Hebrews 11 and 4, maybe we should put that up. What was 1224? Is it 1224? Okay, it is. I, I hope you're right. Now, if you're wrong, no. <laughs> so Hebrews 12, 24. Okay. Put up Hebrews 12, 24. Maybe it's... Taka never calls me out like that, so he must, he must be like... Taka's like, I'm telling you where it is, Pastor. Okay. 12, 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks... Okay. We're both right. That speaks better things. You better be glad we both right. <laughs> that speaks better things than that of Abel. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. But I'm looking for, <laughs> I'm looking eleven. I'm looking for eleven four. Yeah, looking for eleven four. Wow, so glad we we're both right, Taka. <laughs> By faith, Abel. Read it. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And through it, your first fruit offering never shuts up. It is always in God's faith. Hey, over here, <laughs> there's a reward waiting. You can go to sleep at night. It is talk. Hey, over here. There's a reward waiting for this person. Hey, over here. There's a reward waiting. It never goes to sleep. It continues to speak. It cries out to God. It cries out to God. Your offering cries out to him. Cries out to him in every case, in every situation. You got any more? Yes. Ananias and Sapphira. Ooh. Ananias and Sapphira. Most people don't see this as a first fruit story. Right? What happened with Ananias and Sapphira? What is this? Where is this found, Taka? <laughs> Acts 4? Acts 5. Let's go to Acts 5. Taka's my guy. Taco be straightening me out in his dialect and intellect, and it sounds so wonderful and beautiful, I don't even know he's straightening me out. I don't even get insulted. <laughs> uh, Acts 5 and 1. This is a good one. So, 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 so this verse is during first fruit season. It's Jesus restoring the first fruit principle. They had lost the principle. Now Peter is restoring it. So, but a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold the possession. Go ahead. And he kept back part of the proceeds. Keep reading. His wife 
Go ahead. But Peter, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You're not lying to me. You said during first fruit season, God, I'm going to sell the house. And that house is my first fruit. He was rich. He said, I'm going to sell one of these properties. I'm bringing it as my first fruit offering. That's what he said. Okay. Why did you lie to the Holy Spirit and do what? He kept back part of the price of the land for himself. While it remained, here's the question. What does Peter ask him? What does he ask him? It was yours. You could have said, God, I'm going to sell a million dollar house and I'm going to give you a dollar. It didn't matter. It's your house. God doesn't coerce. He doesn't trick or manipulate. It's yours. Do with it what you want. But if you're not going to give me anything from it, kill it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. You set yourself up. It was yours in the first place. Let's keep reading. It was your, tell your neighbor, it's yours in the first place. And whatever you do, don't be like, God told me to give. Listen, God, God ain't telling you to give something that he doesn't have a plan for. Okay, let's read. Was it not your own? And after, listen, even after you sold it, was it not your, on your own control? You could have said, listen, I know, I know I told you I was going to give it all, but I, I just changed my mind. <laughs> I mean, I changed, I just changed my mind. I changed my mind. I know I said a million bucks. I was going to give it all to you. I went home and my wife said, what'd you do? We didn't pray about this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> or something, whatever happened. I just changed my mind. Peter says, all you had to do was say so. It was under your own control. So why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied to me, but you've lied to God. That's a good one. First fruit. One more? Yes, ma'am. I can't remember her name, but it was the, the woman who was married who didn't have a son, and so she built a room for, I think it was Elisha, mm -hmm. to come stay with her. Right. And then at some point, she did have a son, and he ended up dying, and she put him back, she put her son in that room, and then went to the prophet and said... I need you to come home and bring this boy back to life. Yep. Her first fruit, her first fruit was, was given to him as meals and she built a house on her house for him so that whenever he passed that way, he would stay with them. She was the first and only woman to do that. And he said, what do you want? She says, I have, she said, I don't need anything. I'm cool. I'm with my people. He says, you need a son. Boom. She has a son. She gives that son as ministry to him, one day he dies, then the man of God comes back because the first fruit can never die. You raised him up. First fruit never dies. The Bible is full. The entire Bible is full of first fruit stories. The whole thing. 
You got another one? I'm like Gina and uh, Gloria. I, I just remember our first fruits. Um, we had been practicing this. And back in March 1996, we had found out we were pregnant. And I woke up one morning, and I was already working at, at the hospital. And uh, you've heard this story. And uh, I knew, in my mind, as a wife and a mother, that I got up and went to the bathroom that morning, and I knew that the child that we now call Callie was in the toilet. And I remember that was March two, 1996, and we were used to give our first fruit offering yep. in March, years and years ago. And I remember my husband scooping everything up, and he said, no, 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 no. That was the end of it. He said, we have put seed in the ground on oh, first right, fruit. Right, right. And I know, as, especially if you're new believers and you're hearing all these things about the Bible and, oh, they did this and the child died. Well, it's good to hear present-day testimonies of what God does for his people because what he did then and what we call the Bible, he is still doing today for those that are practicing the first fruits to be obedient to these things that sounds weird. And I say to those that are growing weary mm -hmm. and have not and have made up your mind to know to do good and you have stopped. Yeah. It's like insurance, but it's a it's a eternal insurance. It's security to do what we are hearing. It is better to not have heard it and then refuse to continue to do it. But I remember in March of 1996, all the doctors, Dr. Moncal said to my husband, Martin, I know you're a man of God, but all the signs, my wife have had three miscarriages. He said, let this go. The sooner you let it go emotionally is better for your wife and you guys move on. But God, yeah. on, we remembered the first fruit that we came cheerfully and had given that year what we had. And I can tell you, that little girl is called Callie Gabrielle, 22 years old now, still, because the first fruit principle is we remembered the Lord and he remembered us. Yes. Yep. Yep. Dr. Moncal was my friend, and he was really trying to help me. And that's why I'm telling you uh, the large sandwich bag. That's what I took into the doctor's office with all the stuff out of the toilet. I took it and he put it on a table. He flattened it out. He says, Martin, let me show you. He said, I'm going to tell you what this is. <laughs> so he started naming the stuff. He just described the color of it. He described, he said, a child can't live without this. So Martin, this would have come out last. Wow. And then he said, when, when you were in the toilet bowl, he said, and he's, sh he's showing me, he's drawing the anatomy of the toilet bowl. You know, it, it has a goose in the back. And Martin, the baby is probably back where you could not reach and get. He's describing it. And I said to him, I know everything you say. I believe you, Doc. 
I, I believe you're telling me the truth. But we just gave <laughs> the biggest offering two weeks ago that we could not afford to give it. And I can't, I can't walk out of here. I said to him, I'm afraid for my relationship with God. Because if I walk out and I give up on this, I'm concerned I won't serve God anymore. It's going to set me back too far. <laughs> so I said, we'll wait. Martin, now, Martin, you need to take care of this because we need to do that thing where they, we clean her so that she can be healthy. I said, if there are any symptoms, we'll come back to you. There were no symptoms of that. And in a few weeks, we got a heartbeat. Yes, Praise God. Now, you know the end of the story. What happened next? His wife got pregnant. He was uh, he wasn't Muslim Hindu. Right. He wasn't Christian. His wife gets pregnant. Linnell goes to work. She loses the baby at home. Dr. Moncow goes home because it's all over the floor. She's lost this child. And I said, I said, let's go over there. Let's go to the house. <laughs> I got to the house. He says, Martin, it's over for us. I said, listen, man. I said, don't even talk no more. Use my faith. Come on, he said, we don't, we don't believe in faith in my religion. I said, you don't need your faith. Just, just use mine. I said, it's a baby girl. I'm sure it is a baby girl. Let's stand for her. He says, Martin. I said, just, I said, you, do I need to bring, I told him. I said, do I need to bring Callie up in here? For you to believe? Come on. Do I need to bring my daughter? He said, what do you want me to do? I said, do what I did. If there are no symptoms, don't do the DNC. Let me pray for your wife. Let us lay hands on her. They had a beautiful, bouncing baby girl. And, and they started going to Trinity Church. They went to church. They said, we ain't never seen no God do nothing like this. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. He is, God is for real. He is for real. There's nothing that you have is dead. Stand up, sweetheart. There's nothing that you have is dead. That God can't raise. Nothing. Let me, let me tell you how God created the universe. He created the universe with everything you need in it. But it's invisible. It's invisible. And it comes to manifestation with your faith. When you decide to believe it, it becomes real. It was counted unto him as righteousness because he believed. As soon as you believe it, Rebecca said, it is now evidence that it exists. And as soon as you have evidence that it exists, you just hold on to your faith. It will manifest. The trick is holding on to your faith. Believing in impossibility. Believing when it doesn't look like it's going to work. And especially if it hasn't worked. And it won't work. And everyone is giving up on it. That's when the manifestation comes. That's how God works.